Hashtags, a Gartner Marketing and Communications podcast. Hi, everyone. I'm Dorian Kundick. Welcome to Hashtags, the Gartner Marketing and Communications podcast, where I sit down with some of our best thinkers to share practical tips and strategic insights to help you stay ahead of the curve and add value to your organization. Our topic for discussion today, how CMOs can navigate economic turbulence. Global economic uncertainty is challenging business growth and encouraging organizations to reconsider their budgets. As marketing is an often misunderstood contributor to growth, marketing leaders need to prepare to have budgets challenged while simultaneously developing growth plans that will resonate with the CFO. My guest today is Jason McNellis, who is one of Gartner's lead experts on marketing measurement and personalization technology. Jason, I'd love you to say hello and introduce yourself for a second. Hi, Dorian. Thank you so much for the opportunity to share some of our research. I focus on helping marketing leaders make better decisions, and whether that's decisions around marketing technology or marketing analytics or defending their budgets, that's really the goal of my research. You're the right guy for the moment then, and I I really want to start with the mindset that marketers need to be carrying into planning season. I believe that you summed things up with something to the effect of everything is worse than we thought, (laughs) right? 2022 was supposed to be the year of recovery, but suddenly health experts are using words like tridemic and the global economy is staggering under waves of inflation. Uh, If we look at where economic experts had inflation or unemployment or interest rates last December, all is worse than predicted, right? So high level, How is this playing out in marketing budgets? And let's not forget Russia's invasion of Ukraine, which is causing all kinds of energy crises, all kinds of food crises. And so while we knew coming into 2022 that there was going to be rising inflation, if you look at where we were in December of 2021, and it doesn't matter if you're in North America, if you're in Europe, the only exception I was able to find was Saudi Arabia, of having less inflation than was forecasted at the end of the year. And we're not talking like a quarter point. We're talking two points, three points, sometimes even six points higher of inflation than was expected. We also came into 2022, if we focus on marketers, 2022 was the hottest job market as far as postings, the first four months of 2022 that we have on record in our talent neuron data. So, you know, as people are trying to build out teams kind of, you know, get back to a little bit of normal, despite that uncertainty, you know, they were seeing some of the most expensive talent they've ever seen. So if we back that up from the CFO perspective, okay, we've mentioned inflation, we've mentioned struggles on supply chains, we've mentioned more expensive talent, those three things, 90% of CFOs say that's a critical challenge for their organization, right? They're seeing their margins go down. And where do marketing budgets come from? They come from those margins. And so marketers really need to start thinking about whether they're already being asked to reconsider some budgets or planning for budgets for next year, that it's almost certainly a more challenging environment than it was just 12 months ago. Yeah, and we'll be talking about those margins and a lot of other detail on those C-suite expectations as we go through the podcast. You know, it's striking to me that A lot of CMOs that you talk to actually think that their 2023 budgets are safe, which seems a bit perplexing, but you had a few theories on that. Yeah. So 
One of the things that we've seen, especially if you look up into the mid-year quarterly results, is a lot of companies have been saying publicly that they've been able to pass those rising price increases to customers. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing that we see pretty consistently in our data is CMOs tend to be a little bit more optimistic than other parts of the C-suite. You know, if we go back to our 2021 CMO survey, all the CMOs thought their budgets would be fine. And then we see in our 2022 CMO survey, like some of the lowest budgets, on, well, not some of, the lowest mm -hmm. budgets on average on, on record. So I think there is a little bit of sometimes of cherry picking of results. And one of the things, you know, when we have these uncertain times, you can find numbers that are positive, mm -hmm. right? In the US, August credit card billings, the highest they've been in five months, consumers are still spending. But if you, <laughs> so you can find those data points, but if you're just cherry picking those data points, I think you're going to get lost in the larger story, which is there is economic uncertainty for the average organization. Again, I mentioned 90% of, of CFOs say that they're facing at least one of those challenges. So for the average organization, there is going to be some more focus on efficient growth and possibly budget cuts. And just looping back to what you mentioned about passing price increases onto customers, let me just pause a moment and say this has to be exactly what a bunch of cynical consumers thought was happening behind closed doors. And in fact, it kind of is, right? So is this optimism? You mentioned cherry picking the positive signals. Is this some kind of deeply ingrained need to defend their budgets and value by saying everything is fine? Or are we just a little bit in denial about how bad things can get? So I think... You know, right now, the marketing leaders that I'm talking to, they're asking for budget reviews. I am seeing some optimistic budget plans in there. When I ask, how is the company doing? That sometimes starts to change the story. And then I say, okay, now, I believe, on average, marketing is an investment in, in, in growth. You know, that's Jason's personal belief, right? Um, yeah, I, I think you can find evidence for it, but it's, but it's, but it's a belief of mine. And one of the things that we're talking about is, so if you believe there is an opportunity to invest in your marketing to drive growth in your organization, you got to show what the outcome of that investment is going to be. And you probably need some alternative scenarios up front. There might be one where, you know, it's kind of, year over year, neutral budget, there might be one or two budgets for growth, there might be a budget with cuts. You need to understand that there are going to be some trade-offs there, but present those trade-offs. So understanding that we're in times that lead little margin, as it were, for error, I want to talk first about some proactive things that CMOs can do to perhaps avoid getting their budgets cut. And then we'll talk about some reactive things they can do if they've already hit the chopping block. So let's go ahead and start with fending off cuts to begin with. You shared some really compelling data here, which shows that marketing has generally been left off their leaders' digital investments shortlist, but they have a chance to kind of reframe that story and make it easier for leaders to throw a little bit of cash their way, right? Tell me about that digital investment area. Yeah. So if we back up and think about that CFO, CEO story, again, 69% of them are telling us that they're interested in investing in digital growth. And so if you hear that headline, you're like, oh. Great, Martech, right. <laughs> right? Ad tech. This is a this is a great opportunity for marketing. But if we then ask, what are those investments that they historically think have helped them for the last two two years? 
So through the beginnings of inflation, through the pandemic, and what do they think is going to help them in the next two, two years? So lots of economic uncertainty there. Marketing ranks near the bottom of the list. So MarTech investments, lead management investments. The only things that rank lower are digital twins, which is kind of a very cutting edge, still experimental for many organizations kind of technology and location operation software, which doesn't apply to a whole bunch of companies. So I think there's a little bit of a response bias. And what was it like 10th out of 13 or something? It was fairly alarming. Exactly. We had two categories of MarTech in that survey, and they did 10th and 11th mm. out, of 13, out, of, wow. out of the 13 that we asked about. So it's not on the top of their, their, their list, but we think there is still an opportunity because MarTech can drive efficient growth. And one of the things CFOs are looking for is increased automation. So we talked about earlier the pressure around more expensive talent. And CFOs are thinking about that in two ways. One is automation. The other one is cutting consultants and contractors, right? Kind of expensive hourly talent. So from a marketing perspective, that means, well, didn't we invest in MarTech in part for automation? Right. Isn't that triggered marketing? Isn't that a lot of times when we talk about building digital journeys, those are automated experience. So is there a way to bring those up to the front? Is there a way to either invest in more of those than there are today, or maybe there's an opportunity to personalize those more and start doing things at a finer grain segment level or even micro segment level where it's kind of done for an entire audience right now. So that's one way that CMOs can, can kind of um, sort of ride the tailwinds of what, again, seven out of 10 organizations tell us that they're interested in at the C-suite level. It's really just a matter of reframing that story, right? It sounds like we haven't quite been positioning ourselves to be in that top five. Yeah, I think there's a tremendous opportunity for that. And then we can kind of dovetail in a second opportunity, which is upskilling our talent. So unfortunately, one of the things that we've seen in the most recent uh, 2022 MarTech survey that we do is that perceived utilization of MarTech's at 42%, noticeably lower than it was yeah. last year, noticeably lower than where people want it to achieve the business results that they had planned for that MarTech. So we see kind of this opportunity, right? We see utilization that's too low. We see an interest in digital transformation. We also see organizations opening up and saying um, that they want to invest in their talent, right? There is still tremendous competition for talent, not as high as it was at the beginning of 2022, but still much higher when we look at our talent neuron data, still much higher than it was in 2020, 2019, 2018. So we're still, we're not at the peak, but we're still at, you know, compared to history, quite intensive competition as far as MarTech talent. And one of the things CFOs tell us is one of the, actually the very last thing they're planning to cut is training for employees. That's great news, right? It is. And if we triangulate that together, that seems kind of like a natural story then for CMOs for part of their budget. And it's not just about more technology, but it's about using that technology for more efficient growth through triggered marketing, through triggered journeys, while upskilling your current staff so they're doing it, not the consultants, not the contractors. 
Another recommendation you make for proactively defending those budgets, marketers should formalize strategic triggers. Tell me about that. You you made the point that this is something the executive team does and marketing can do it too. (laughs) Yeah, we have some case studies in our library of, you know, some some very large companies who do this as, as, as part of their strategic planning. You know, we all have to make assumptions when we think about what 2023 is going to look like. But some organizations do as they write those down. Right. (laughs) Um, So if you think inflation in your core markets is going to be, you know, 6% plus or minus a percent, that's something you can write down. And then you can use that as a trigger. So if inflation, fingers crossed, comes in much lower at 3%, you might want to revisit that plan. And, and, And... and there's a trigger mechanism in there where it's like, okay, if inflation is below this threshold, we will re- revisit the plan. What's also interesting is we can do that from a marketing perspective. And we can think about investment triggers. So one of the things that we're, we're hearing from multiple clients is, you know, and we see it in our digital benchmarking data is cuts to media. And, you know, upper level marketing, brand marketing, upper funnel marketing, whatever we want to call it, does tend to be hard to measure. Many measurement techniques have it as a lower ROI. Not all, but some of the more common, some of the simpler ones have it as a lower ROI. So it's, so it's easy to cut. The issue is, is if you're cutting and your competitors aren't, it's a very risky spot to be in. But you don't know what action your competitors are 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 going to take. So could we have some triggers? And one way we can think about it is say market share. Right? Market share is a great variable to think about. You know, if my market share is is going down based on the decisions we're making, that is clearly scary, and that would cause a lot of org- organizations to reconsider their their plans. But market share often comes from a syndicated provider. You're going to get it at the same time as your competitors. And one of the things Gartner talks about in unstable times is winning in the turns. It's a lot harder to outmaneuver your competition when you're responding to the same signals to them. So can you go now? Can you be proactive and start talking to your marketing analytics leaders about what are some conversion um, activities that correlate to market share? So for example, one that we've talked about in our research in the past for like the automobile industry is uh, scheduling a test drive is one. Another one that can work really pretty well is a complete uh, digital formatting of a car. So going in and kind of configuring like the exact car that you want and, and getting to the price point. Now that's something only you have. Your competitors don't know what's going on in your site. And, and so looking for those types of triggers and then saying, hey, if these are starting to get, get more expensive. So imagine that cost per auto configuration goes up 15 or 20%. That could absolutely be a trigger to say, we really need to rethink about these upper level media cuts that we're seeing. We're definitely seeing, and you probably predicted this, but now we're seeing it, right? These downstream effects in our lower funnel. You know, you just, you'd used a term that I really liked. You'd mentioned looking at more nimble metrics yeah. as we're trying to track. And I think that seems to capture the flavor of what you're talking about here. Exactly. Um, often those digital metrics are more nimble. And so that that is a place, you know, when I was a consultant, that was a place where where I would start for exactly that, that reason. Um, 
Now, if you're a, a retailer, you know, and, you know, and you have a loyalty program, you have carded tr- transactions, that also can work very, very well. But the focus is where are we nimble? Where can we act quickly? Um, and pre-identifying it, because the other thing that comes with those digital metrics or those carded metrics is you have dozens of them. Yeah. So you want to pre-identify, you know, the one or two that that you're going to look at um, and use those as triggers. And you might even call them clawback triggers, right, as a way to claw back some of that media budget that's been lost. So you framed this up so well for me. We're in this time of intense pressure on margins. And to your point earlier, a lot of marketing budget comes out of the gross margins. So CMOs budgets are often going south truly through no fault of their own. So your final proactive recommendation here, marketers should flex their strategy chops a bit and come up with some creative scenario plans that don't involve budget cuts. So if you're a CMO and your CFO walks in and says, I need help balancing the budget, you can pull a few good suggestions out of your back pocket, right? Absolutely. Um, I think it's important to reiterate something that we talked about earlier, which is marketing is an investment. And if it's an investment that drives growth, cutting marketing should have some trade-offs for growth. And making those trade-offs clear when you're talking about different levels of marketing in investment. You know, we talked a little bit about ROI earlier, and often they'll be, well, we need to focus on the high ROI activities. Um, but what we see is often in marketing, there's this idea of diminishing returns. And so if you maximize ROI, that is quite likely going to be for a smaller budget amount than you have now. And because it's a smaller budget amount driving less growth, that means less margins to the company, less incremental margins directly contributed by marketing. And at the end of the day, what the CFO and the CEO are under the most pressure for is margins. So if possible, as you're presenting that budget, think about multiple metrics. One of those ideally is gross margin contributed by marketing. Some people will call that net profit from marketing Um, because often that favors larger budgets. (laughs) You know, there there is a little bit of, you know, you got to invest to grow. Um, and marketing is certainly part of that story. Uh, the other thing that we see, though, is often there's a need to balance metrics. So we talked about upper funnel versus lower funnel. And what we see in some organizations is then a second metric. So they might use ROI, but specifically for lower funnel. If they have a form of a brand tracker, they're going to have some kind of awareness consideration type metric as an indicator for that upper funnel health. Um, We talked about market share. Some companies use that, again, as an indicator of that upper funnel health. So a combination of presenting budgets as multiple metrics, ideally, again, one of those metrics being related to margin or net profit, because that's often what favors the largest marketing budgets. All right, let's go on the defensive a little bit here. Doubtless, there are some marketers listening to this thinking, thanks for the advice, but that ship has sailed. Our budgets have been gutted. I've just been asked to lower my media budget by 20%. I'm using my weekends to spruce up my resume. So I'd love for you to just share some advice here, starting with it's never too soon to reinforce marketing's value. Uh, You specifically have mentioned thinking about trade-off conversations, right? Where marketers are able to make budget conversations a lot more real 
to their leadership. Talk me through those trade-off conversations. What do those look like? I used to work with a CMO at a very large organization. And I remember every time budget cuts would come up, you know, it's like, we need a million dollars for marketing. He'd be like, okay, we got to reduce top line then by 3.2 million. And he firmly repeated, you know, every dollar we spend in marketing is $3.2 to our top line. Now, every organization has their own number there. And some are going to be higher. Some are going to be a little bit lower. Some might focus more on goals, um, you know, related to the corporate goals. So it might be about store traffic. It might be about new account signups. It might be about, you know, sales qualified leads, closed deals. Um, whatever that metric is, but having a clear sense for every dollar we spend in marketing, or maybe it's every thousand dollars or every million dollars, what is that outcome? And sometimes that in and of itself can cause a little bit of pause for cuts. So basically what you're saying is we need to speak the language of the C-suite. They are speaking the language of measurable trade-offs. We can come in and speak the, measure, the language of measurable trade-offs as well. We, we probably know them, but we probably aren't saying things that way. So Dorian, what I think is interesting is marketing is often focused on as an expense. You know, I've talked about it as an investment of growth, but it's thought about as an expense. You know, your brand budget is coming out of this year. I have never talked to a CMO who gets to peanut butter their brand budget across four years, even if they think that brand impact is going to happen over four years. So the opportunity for CMOs, and many CMOs do this, but let's just reinforce this, is to make perfectly clear what on average that investment in marketing is doing. So whether it's every dollar you spend or every thousand dollars you spend, how many new account signups are you getting on average? How many dollars of top line sales are you generating on average? How many new marketing qualified leads do you get on average? Got to make it clear. I worked with a CMO for years who, you know, a very large retailer, there would be, you know, budget pressures at, at certain times. And there'd be a request, you know, we need $2 million from, from marketing. And he could very confidently say, okay, but that means we need to reduce our top line by 7 million because we know for every dollar we spend on marketing, we generate $3.50 of sales. Now that's not a benchmark that I'm telling everybody to use, but that kind of idea of being confident for every level, you know, for every increment of investment, for every thousand dollars that's spent, having a clear sense of on average what marketing is producing. Do you think for most CMOs, that's pretty easy to do if they just realize that's what they're supposed to do? Or is it kind of a scramble to get your hands on the right data and think about that differently? There are absolutely challenges in getting your hands on the right data. There, most CMOs do not create a marketing plan with measurement in mind. And one of the things we often help clients with through inquiry, myself and some of my colleagues on the marketing data and analytics team, is what are some reasonable assumptions so we can have an aggregate number. And it's gonna vary by sophistication. If you're at the, um, and actually one of the reports that we recently wrote talked about this, you know, if you're at a lower level of sophistication, it's gonna be on aggregate based on yearly amounts. And if you're at a high level of sophistication, a four or five on our marketing data and analytics maturity model, you're gonna start breaking things down by campaign type, 
by region, perhaps by line of business, by, by, by product categories. So the details of that can, can absolutely vary, but the overall idea I think is accessible to more marketers than currently use it. All right. I loved this suggestion from you. The here's what you don't want to have to say in 2024 tactic. Uh, the way you explained it to me, it's a matter of making your case around what I'm officially branding the three regrets. Uh, loss of mind share, loss of competitive share, loss of key digital talent. Tell me about that. Yeah. So for years, there's, there's been an idea of a pre-mortem. Right, before your project starts, you know, getting together with the project team and imagining that the project goes so poorly, like you don't talk to each other anymore, <laughs> right? You know, whether it's, you know, you look away when you pass each other in the, in the halls or you no longer send little IMs on Friday to each other. I never knew you. you. Know, that's how bad yeah. the project went. And so sometimes I like to think, you know, if we had to present to the board in 2024, you know, what happened to marketing in 2023? What would that look like, right? For example, we cut media too aggressively and now we can't recapture the mind share of our target customers. We failed to identify changing consumer behaviors. And so we lost share to our competitors who capitalized on those shifts before we could. Remember earlier, we were talking about how important it is to be nimble. That's what happens when you're not nimble. Or, you know, we've talked about MarTech. What about we lost key digital talent and that prevented those planned efficiency gains that we had forecasted from our MarTech investments. To me, those um, are three things that I would not want to say in 2024. They're almost irrecoverable, right? We, we've not only lost some, some budget moving forward, but we've perhaps set the clock back several years, I would imagine. And, you know, when you say irrecoverable, one of the numbers that I just fascinated me when I looked at this in some of our historic Gartner research, if we look at the last international re recession, so 2009, 2011, even three years later, 70% of companies were not at their growth rates that they were the year before wow. the recession. 70% of companies. And only 5% of companies consistently grew through that. Um, so that idea of, yeah, these decisions can have multi-year consequences, you know, not just through this time of economic uncertainty, but for several years beyond that, I, I think is very warranted. Okay. Worst case scenario, all else fails, budgets get slashed. Even still, you made a great point. That may not actually be the worst thing in the world. Explain that. What do you mean by that? Yeah. So one thing that's probably true in your organizations, if your budget got slashed, is there's not a lot of faith that marketing's producing those investments that we talked about. And so one of my favorite things to think about in budget cut scenarios is how can I tailor the budget cut in a way that I have the best measurement I've ever had to prove mm. that value of marketing? So what do I mean by that? Let's say you have a 50% media cut. One of the things that you could do is you could just cut all your media 50%. Right? Across all geographies, across all products, what, how, however you have that structured. Mm -hmm. um, you can maybe do a blinking strategy and rather than every week or every month, you go on, you go off, you go on, you go off. Okay. And I, I've been in meetings where agencies have proposed that. You know, there's some, there's some good, good reasons for that. But if you believe that your media got cut because people didn't have faith in how it was measured, what if you design an experiment? 
What if you take this opportunity and rather than cutting uniformly, you take half your markets and you give them that full media budget and you take half your markets and you cut the budget completely. Or maybe you even break it up a little bit more. You take 10% of your markets, you double the budget. Or you put that budget level where you had asked for it. You have a bigger group that's the same, and then you have another group that's 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 a control group. Now, this doesn't work as well for all channels, as well for all media strategies, but I think that kind of thinking, how do we take this as an opportunity to create a experiment? Um, you know, it's Winston Churchill's old quote, right? Never let a good crisis go to waste. And when I think about it from budget cuts, I think about it, is this an opportunity where we can increase variability in media spend and make our measurement better than we ever have in the past? And I'm so glad he worked in Winston Churchill. I did not want to get through an episode without quoting him, especially relative to marketing. So you worked it in. Good job. (laughs) Truth be told, I've brought it up so much in inquiry that I have it jotted down so I don't misquote him. I think misquoting Winston Churchill is kind of a full-time hobby. So you're in good company. (laughs) All right. So just wrapping things up, Jason, final advice for CMOs that are fretting over their budgets heading towards 2023. Yeah. So we've talked a lot about scenario planning. We've talked a lot about triggering. We've talked a lot about making it crystal clear what that investment in marketing is producing in terms of business outcomes. And maybe just as final advice, I'd like to talk a little bit about the human component of this. CMOs are people too. Let's not forget. They're under a lot of pressure. Their teams are under a lot of pressure. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we we ended with kind of the worst case scenario of budget cuts. Um, Sometimes that goes beyond the media budget that starts to go into teams, that starts to go into agencies or contractors who, who, you know, they feel like they're part of your team. And I think there are two things that we're reminding CMOs about. One is, it's often in the most difficult times where we lay that foundation for the good times, where we lay that foundation mm-hmm. for growth. And actually, if you look at historic um, precedents like the last global recession, in six out of 11 major industries, the people who grew actually did make some cuts early on. That's what provided the capital so they could invest and outmaneuver their competition when they saw their their strategic triggered opportunities. And I think the other thing is often these massive changes can be, you know, that burning platform to use Cotter's old term to create some change in your team, right? Mm-hmm. This is a time where maybe you could really rethink about that stop list, really rethink about reinventing some processes so they are more agile, so they are more streamlined, so they are faster and simpler. Um, Right, and start creating those digital jobs for tomorrow within your team. I'm not optimistic that these headwinds are going to go away in three months. You know, if I had a magic eight ball, I think it would come up like, you know, trouble times ahead. But (laughs) I am optimistic as far as the opportunities for organizations to use that uncertainty as fuel for growth. What support can Gartner clients look forward to over the next few months in this area? Yeah, so, so much support. <laughs> um, we have a webinar coming out on this. We're going to cons- we're going to continue our consumer and cultures research in this area. Um, we're continuing to develop 
uh, vertical specific advice here. So, you know, I've kind of talked about generally across verticals, um, but also advice specifically for, you know, manufacturers, specifically for financial uh, services. And then, of course, me and so many of my colleagues are helping our clients with this through inquiry. Jason McNellis, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your expertise. And thanks to all of you for being part of our hashtags episode. We hope to see you on a future podcast. Take care. Please subscribe and share the episode with your colleagues. Thank you for listening. Gartner Podcasts are a production of Gartner, the world's leading research and advisory company, equipping executives across the enterprise with indispensable insight, advice, and tools to achieve their mission-critical priorities. You can learn more at Gartner.com. All content in Gartner Podcasts is owned by Gartner and cannot be repurposed or reproduced without Gartner's consent. Gartner is an impartial, independent analyst of business and technology. This content should not be construed as a Gartner endorsement of any enterprise's product or services. All content provided by other speakers is expressly the views of those speakers and their organizations.